Okay. You made fun of our intro. What's your intro, Peter? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I am a little bit witty. Welcome to the Ask Anything podcast, because some things are better said than read. My name is Peter LaRufa, and today I have with me uh, my good friend, Aaron Barnett. So I appreciate you joining me on this podcast. Happy uh, to be here. Thanks podcast. for So you might remember, uh, if you've listened to any earlier episodes, I said I was really looking forward to having some episodes where there's dialogue, so that it's not just me looking into the lens of a camera, but it's me looking into the face of an Aaron, <laughs> which is what I'm doing right now. And uh, if I do say so myself... Your face is better looking than the camera lens. Thank you much. Yeah, well, that's that's why I'm here. I, I aim to please. Uh, Aaron, just came, so just a little background. If you're not familiar, uh, I met Aaron Barnett in 2006 when I came to my job as a youth pastor, and he was a student. Mm-hmm. And then I think he graduated in seven. That was your yeah. senior year, and then was one of the only one of the only times. I don't even know if you know this, but I had a policy that students when they left student ministry couldn't serve as volunteers for a year because i felt like they just part of them wanted to serve as a leader but the other part they just wanted to see it as 13th grade and so i wanted to give them an opportunity to like do you really want this if you really want this you're going to really miss it and then you really want it when you're one year out but you uh, you are one of the only that I can remember. I remember two times making that uh, exception. I think it was you and some guy named Josh Lewis who served right that. out of yeah. high school ministry. Um, and now we get to work together. It's crazy. So it's like, yeah, for the past, basically for the past 15 years, this guy's been in my life. I can't get him out for the life of me. I can't. Uh, except we did. I can, I can leave. I yeah. did succeed in getting you out of my life for two months because you just came back from. Very true. Your sabbatical. I love you, but it was good to not see you for two yes. months. How was, how was your sabbatical? I know the answer it to that. Was, Tell. It was great to not see anybody, actually. Um, so the way I'm describing it is uh, I'm very blessed to have a job that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. I look forward to going to work. I naturally, when I'm off work, think about the things that pertain to my job, and I enjoy it. So trying to think about taking off for two months, it's like, well, what am I going to do? So I was a little bit nervous about it, but excited for the family. You know, we were very full capacity calendar, so we were ready for a break of some sort, but it's like two months. What does Mm -hmm. it even look like? So about two weeks in, I hit this mental stage where it was like, I could never go back to work and I'm okay with that. (laughs) I suddenly don't hate this at all. It's like I'm, I'm, the first two weeks was vacation mode. We were out of town. You know, our kiddos, Mm -hmm. we were in a great place at the beach. Uh, It was fun. But the two week, I remember talking to Eliza and it was like, let's just stay here. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. And and then about week six or seven, we were back home at that time. Mm -hmm. My mind, it was like, uh, I think recharged, Mm -hmm. I guess is the word. Um, Yeah. Like I'm eager to, to get back. Like my mind, I want to. So it was... I think cool. the grace of God, just a cool amount of time. I'm very grateful for it. And uh, you've been back a week now. A week. Or almost a week, right? A week. Um, and yeah, seeing you it's seeing you uh, last night, just running student <laughs> ministry, and just, you look like, yeah, it was, you were definitely back. You were back <laughs> in it, ready or not. Yeah. You're in it up not. to your neck. 
So anyway, I appreciate you joining me. Like I said, I wanted to do some dialogue and not just monologue. And so, yes, please hide your mail. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, so the question that was asked to me uh, recently on Ask Anything was this. This is how it was worded. I believe in election, but does God decide everything? Is there any free will? Um, and so I'm just before I answer, tell me a little bit about how you have thought through, wrestled with. Was there a time that you wrestled with like God's sovereignty, your responsibility, free will? Just you have any thoughts on the topic before I give my thoughts on it? I'm just curious how you've rolled when it comes to this thinking along these lines. That's like the the big spiritual theological debate that nerds like to free will or God's sovereignty, providence, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I've gotten into it a number of times, whether that's in small groups, uh, community groups. Um, or just in discussions when I was in college with friends. Um, I have never had an issue with trusting the sovereignty of God. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's... Um, I'm grateful for Grace Fellowship Church and the teaching and it being a big rock. I've just heard it and mm-hmm. heard it and heard it preached, and I've seen it in God's Word, all the different places... But because I've been taught it and I've heard it, and it's like I've seen it in my life, mm-hmm. there is no way that it's random. God's orchestrating and using everything at different, at the perfect times in right. my own life, but then also other people's. It's like God is using everything mm-hmm. for his purposes in the lives of people. Yeah. Like there's no mistake in my mind at all. Um, Interesting. I, I have at times wondered, like, well, why pray then? Um, right. Like, God's going to do what he wants, and there's seasons where I will start to believe that I don't need to pray because right. naturally my, my logical mind thinks, it's all I don't, all I don't, need, to, anyway. I don't need to pray. God's right. going to do what he wants. Like, this person's going to be saved. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, me, whether it's sin, whether it's um, working with somebody else's sin, or whether it's safety for a trip out of town, like, whatever right. it is, like, logically I can end up to where I don't need to do that. So... What that is, though, is my belief starts to affect pragmatically what I do. Right. So when you go back to Scripture, it's clearly taught, I think, mm-hmm. but it's also clearly taught that what we we do need to pray. Right. So yeah, to I, circle around, it's I, I clearly see that we are to do both. Right. And the way I've heard somebody say it, it's like you got – it's two hands. It's both. Right. It's – we can't fully understand that, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we can find some theological book that would have a paragraph that would sum it up, but at the end of the day, when you're looking at life, it's really hard to understand yeah. both, but I think they're both true. So. Yeah, I. Um, that's a that's cool to have such a foundation built like that. I would say I spent the first nine years of being a Christian not believing in the sovereignty of god Mm -hmm. um really in any area like he was powerful but there was a lot where he was kind of just sitting on his hands and waiting to see what people would do and um i wouldn't have uh, 400 years what was he doing (laughs) right so there was a lot of i wouldn't have consciously said god's not in control but i would have said yeah man is way more in control than Mm -hmm. i now think um which we'll talk about in a minute but it actually, it offended me at first. Number one, it offended me, I think, because of my pride. I was just offended to think, like, I'm not in control. I can't make choices that affect my destiny. I don't, like, 
what, what is this? And we were doing a lot of street evangelism at the time. And so to your point before about why pray, I'm like, well, if God's in control, why I'm, I'm like busting tail having yeah. difficult conversations with it's people. It's not going to make a difference anyway. Why am I doing God, this? No. Yeah, why am I doing this? And, and my heart's into it. So my heart was broken. It felt like I'd been had, like, oh my gosh, I've been duped. Like, here I am hoping and praying that God would use our time speaking to other people, that somebody's heart might be changed and that God might drag them out of darkness into his marvelous light. And I felt like I had a, when I first heard of election, the doctrines of grace, God's sovereignty, it's like, so none of that works or it's either going to work or it's not going to work. It has nothing to do with what we do. And so I went from an unhealthy view of a man-centered view of life to then another ditch on the other side of the road of really an unhealthy view of man having no responsibility yep. and we just walk around like, yep. like robots. And so this person asks, uh, again, I believe in election, but does God decide everything? Is there any free will? And I find free, a lot of these are, are buzzwords that I always want to say, what do you mean by? Yeah. And so when someone says, do you believe in election? Do you believe in Calvinism? Do you believe in this? I usually say, what do you mean by that? Or help me understand that. Because usually it reveals that somebody has probably an extreme, uh, again, they're in one of those one of those ditches, an extreme understanding of something that I usually, when they explain what they believe and what they mean by that, I usually don't believe everything they said. So I'm, I'm usually thankful that yeah. I asked that. Yeah. And so I would say, what do you mean by free will? Um, so this is, is there any free will? I think if somebody is asking, um, are there legitimate chances that we have in life to make choices that affect our lives, that affect other people, of absolutely, of course we do. We do that, we do that all the time. Mm -hmm. And so, you're not living like a robot. You actually have desires. You chose that shirt. You like that mug. You like that pen, and that's not. You're not robotic. You genuinely have likes and dislikes. And so, I think we do have free will. And to your point before, when you were talking about praying. Um, we have a ton of responsibility. Yeah. Wouldn't you say so? Well, not to mention gifts. He gives different people different gifts. Right. And he wants us to use them. Right. And there's a purpose for using them. Right. That he is ordained, I think. Mm -hmm. But it's, yeah, everybody's not the same. We're not robots. So right. So it's prayer, but it's also, you know, encouragement. It's also, you know, healing or whatever it is when you're going to um, use how God has gifted you. Mm-hmm to bless others and build up the church. It's like, right. why does he give us the gifts if he doesn't want us to use them? Right. And I take joy in using those, in operating There's in those fruits. areas yeah. of strength. And and I'm not dragged into the pulp. Why are you preaching this? I don't really know why I'm preaching. I just feel like I have to. No, I, I take great joy in doing that. Yeah. I like ministering to people. I like conversing with people, praying with them, talking with them. And so I do have a great responsibility to act in a way that would be pleasing to the Lord. I think although we have free will, probably what's important for us to realize is that we have a free will to do whatever we want to do, but the choices we make are limited to our nature. Mm -hmm. And so when we read in the Bible, like Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, my sinful nature will always impact what I want to do. Do I do what I want to do? Yes. But without God intervening, I'm not going to write. I'm not going to choose the thing that would be glorifying yeah. to God. And so, I mean, you look at the story of Jonah, 
when he takes power into his own hands mm-hmm. and he plays the role of God, what happens? Right. It's like he had the ability to choose. Yeah. And he did. And he did. And we can see what happened. Right. To your and point. so he has his, he's exercising the free will that he genuinely has. Yeah. And that impacts his life in a major way and the lives of others as well. Um, I think I think of my dog. I have a dog, Penny. She's a boggle. Shout out to Penny. Hi, Penny, boggle. in case she's listening. Yeah, she's a half beagle, half boxer. She's a boggle. And so you can set down a tray of uh, meat and a tray of vegetables, and she has the ability to eat whichever one she wants. She's going to go for the meat. She always She will always go for the meat. She might also eat the vegetables, but... Chances are she is wired to go for the meat that is there. That's how I'm wired too. There you go, just like a boggle. And so, yes, you can do whatever you want, but your choices are probably going to be limited by your nature. Or let's say you have a desire to visit a foreign country. Uh, you can do that. You can take a transoceanic flight. You're, you're like, great. But if you were to say, actually, I want to swim there. I mean, good luck. You're not going to get very far. You don't have the yeah. ability to do that. And so your free will is limited by <clears throat> your nature and your abilities. Yeah. yeah. I would say, um, you know, asking this question, it's a good question. It's a foundational question. Uh, but it reminds me of the question that I've had with several people, which is, how can a good God allow so many bad things to happen? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to trust him. Right. And it's like... Clearly, if he was in control, these things wouldn't be happening. Yes. At the end of the day, what I've told people who ask these these questions that are paradoxical, like you can't have both of them. Right. In our understanding, we can't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. There's when a certain level scripture, of mystery though, that we shouldn't feel sorry for, right? Like, but what we, I can't understand everything. But what we act God. on is what we know. Right. Not what we don't know. Mm-hmm. And what do we know? The Bible is clear about God's faithfulness, all that mm-hmm. he's done for us, his grace, his love, his mercy, um, his anger, his justice. It's like mm-hmm. there's a lot that we can trust, and we should trust that in our heart and mind, but then there's a whole bunch of things that we're supposed to do. Right. We're supposed to love people. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to pray. We're supposed to practice hospitality. We're supposed to go to church and gather together with other believers. We're supposed to, you know, love our spouses, raise our kids. Like, right. And so, are I think you I... going to not do some things because you don't understand this paradox? Right. Because you're just going to sit in an armchair and think until you die. Right. And then you will find out. But I think it's the like, thing that's important to realize is that we have responsibility to do things that we don't have the ability to do unless God changes our hearts. Mm. And so here we have the responsibility to do things that are honoring to him. But again, like the dog with the plate of meat and the plate of vegetables, I'm always going to go towards that, which is in my natural, mm-hmm. what, what I naturally want. If God intervenes, he changes what I want. And mm-hmm. so my whole life, I do, I think I could say this, my whole life, in some way, shape, or form, I'm doing what I want. I'm mm-hmm. reading my Bible. I'm praying yeah. because I genuinely want to. Yeah. I would have never wanted to do that if God didn't change my heart yeah. and my mind. But that's also, in Scripture, it talks about the fruit of the flesh versus the fruit of the Spirit. And it's right. like, if you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap of the flesh. But if right. you sow to the Spirit, mm-hmm. you're going to reap of the fruit of the Spirit. And that's it's a matter of... You know, the means God's given us to seek him. Right. And he uses that to change our desires, to your point. Mm-hmm. Uh, which in Scripture it says, you know, 
delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. Right. Um, and there are scriptures like, I'm thinking a lot in the Gospel of John, John 15 and 16. Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose yeah. you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, to your point, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. And so there's Jesus saying, um, just remember, you love me because I loved you. You have chosen me, volitionally. No one gets dragged into the kingdom of heaven kicking and screaming. You want to love me, you want to please me, and that's because I... That's because I chose you. And so mm -hmm. I think another thing that I realize is I appreciate the careful thought we want to give to um, there are some mysteries that we just don't understand. I also think there's some hard truths that we also don't want to face because God does say some things pretty clearly. When God says, yeah, there's a lot black and white. You did not choose me, but I choose you. It's like, I don't really understand what that means. Yeah. It's like, well, read it again slowly. I mean, that's, yeah. it is what it is. And when I spent the first nine years, when I was first approached about the sovereignty of God, the doctrines of grace, uh, I had to come to the grips, come to grips with the fact that the God that I knew was not really the God of the Bible. Yeah. I was placing things uh, onto God based on my understanding, but it's like, well, what do you do with these texts? I'm like, well, they can't mean that because I, it's, you kind of avoid facing hard, but ultimately good truth. Mm -hmm. John six forty four. no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's that's, a lot. And, and it's even interesting to read the Pharisees' response to Jesus teaching those things, mm -hmm. which I think puts on display your point. We don't want to understand. People don't want to see that and understand. Right. But at the same time, there's a spiritual blindness. Mm-hmm. That God's not allowing them, which back to is well. Can they understand? Can they not? It's like, right. It's both. It really is both. Right. So there's responsibility that I have. There's ability that I lack, and I will have that responsibility for all my days. I realize that we cannot choose or will not choose to do the right or godly thing without God changing hearts, without mm -hmm. God changing minds, and so. I think to answer this question, is there any free will? Absolutely. Yeah. But you are still bound by your own sinful nature and will not choose the right thing unless God intervenes and changes yeah. your heart. And yeah. then you find yourself wanting to do the right thing. Yeah. Not always, but you find yourself wanting to please God. Yeah, I think um, there's a verse I was looking for in 1 Corinthians. Coming off sabbatical, one of the biggest things that was on my mind that's coming to mind now is humility. And in 1 Corinthians, they were gifted people. Mm -hmm. They were gifted people. But multiple times he said, don't boast, don't boast, right. don't boast. And then there was even another, and I can't find the verse, the passage. It said something to the extent of, it's like, why are you boasting in something that you think that you that you got? It's like, you didn't get it. It was given to you. Right. Why are you boasting in it? Yeah. Um, and... I think humility is absolutely necessary. Um, you know, humble yourself before the Lord. Mm -hmm. He will exalt you. We cannot exalt ourselves to know, to understand, to have wisdom. It's like we have to humble ourselves and say, I don't understand. But right. I'm going to do what you want me to do, even though I don't understand. Which you said before, I really liked it. I don't remember. We have to do things 
even though we don't understand. You said mm-hmm. something to that extent. It's like, that's faith. Right. Like, that is the definition of faith, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, 1 Corinthians 4, 7, for who sees anything different in you? Maybe. What did you have that you did not receive? Yep. If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? Like, as if you earned it. Yeah. As if you had something to do with it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having this discussion with me. Yeah. Um I think there's some things hopefully we were help we were helpful in clarifying, but then I think there's another bunch of it that's shrouded in mystery. Yeah. That as clearly as we can see, we still only see dimly, right? Mm-hmm. This side of heaven because we'll never know everything about God. But the Bible is pretty clear about me having responsibility and God granting ability and he changes what I want to do. So I'm always acting within my free will. I'm always making decisions, but I give all the glory to him. Yeah. Because if I'm doing something right, that's not natural. Yeah, I think, I think I would I would end by saying, I really hope that this would be an opportunity for you to blindly trust God, hmm. then visually reject. As far as our lack of understanding can lead us two different ways. You either have to lean into it blindly and trust, mm-hmm. or you're going to turn to something that you can understand. Mm-hmm. And it's like, don't do that. That's that's easy. That's what our flesh we crave. It's like God can be trusted. He is. Faithful. This is wisdom of a rested man. <laughs> the rested sage it's, coming off it's, of sabbatical. Uh, but it's true though. Uh, right. it, it's faith. That's what you have to do. Don't don't walk by sight. It's by faith. And with this conversation, especially, yep. you've already said it. It's shrouded in mystery. Mm-hmm. Lean into the scriptures. Yep. Cool. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want to find me, you can look me up on Instagram and go to the link in my bio and you can submit your questions there anytime or wait till I post the stories usually on a Monday or a Tuesday and uh, hope to hear from you soon.